Welcome to Random Rewards, the one and only, the beautiful, the most exciting and most fun gamification show. Recording. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> welcome to Random Rewards. <laughs> yep, welcome to Random Rewards. Is there more that you wanted to say about that? Or it's a, it's a podcast, right? Where we discuss how to make business more fun? I guess it is. So actually how it works is we open the podcast by like just talking about a game and then we're looking at the game and how it motivates our users. Um, we do a little bit of brainstorming and also solve some random business problem. So yeah. what are we going to talk about today, Chris? We're going to talk about a board game called Secret Hitler. Very not controversial. Ooh, it sounds, yeah, it sounds very non-controversial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we're going to talk about that game and then we're going to solve a random business problem. Awesome. It's going to be pretty exciting. Sounds exciting. Yes, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm super excited. If you'd actually like to discuss a particular game, send us an email at randomrewards at octalysisgroup.com. Yay, and we will use it and have some fun with your game. <laughs> exactly. So I guess we're going to move on to the next segment, which is, or the first segment. This is Play This, which is where we're going to talk about the game Secret Hitler. Do you want to talk? I can talk about the game, and then we can talk about, a little bit about our experience playing it. Sounds good. We actually played it together, so this is going to be pretty fun. Yeah, that's right. And we, we do games research, uh, if you can believe that, uh, for our, <laughs> for our company. <laughs> yeah. So Secret Hitler is a board game that is a, the, the goal is to um, either, depending on if you're a liberal or a fascist, uh, bring about a utopia or a terrible autocratic dictatorship. So <laughs> that is the goal. And it's essentially two groups of people playing against each other. It's, it's a similar game to like mafia or something like that. It's in this sort of like social manipulation, um, paranoia creating card game or board game. And the basic rules are that you play with, I think it's uh, between five to or three to eight people or something and everybody gets a role and you can either be a fascist a liberal or hitler themselves and but nobody knows who each other are and then there are essentially uh the game allows you to put forth policies and these policies affect uh what people can do and what the game uh yeah what what the game entails uh, the goal is is to move a central, it's kind of like a, a board game piece along a central track to get from uh, the beginning to the end, and the end is either total fascism or liberal utopia. And uh, essentially what players are trying to do is figure out who is who. So because they have the ability to do things like kill other players sometimes, but if they don't know who they can kill, then they might kill their friend accidentally. That sounds horrifying. And killing, killing your friends? Yeah, killing your friends. Yeah. I mean, it's worse than Monopoly, right? <laughs> that's just charging your friends money. That's just that's just normal friendship behavior. 
Uh, and actually, like the the fascists know who each like they know each other, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that's the wrinkle is that the fascists know who each other are. That's actually similar to like the werewolf. Yeah. One so night they werewolf can game. help each other to actually win, which is kind of kind of an interesting fact as well. Meanwhile, the liberals are trying to figure out who each other are, who are the fascists. Maybe the fascists are acting like liberals. Um, and the, the way you sort of, uh, well, the way uh, play is moved forward in the game is you're essentially given a set of cards to choose from. Or actually, the way it works is uh, someone is elected the president, and then the president nominates the chancellor. And the chancellor is the person who enacts a policy which either improves the ability of the, uh, it improves the standing of either the fascists or the liberals to win. So the chancellor has a lot of power. The chancellor can be voted down by the group. Um, so if people don't trust who the chancellor is, they think they're a fascist, for example, then they can allow them not to play. But uh, if the chancellor is able to enact a law, the president has three cards and the cards can either be liberal or fascist. And the president gives the cards, he, they take one away and they give two to the uh, chancellor. And now the chancellor decides which of the two they get to play. The thing is, is no one knows what any of these cards are except for the president and the chancellor. So if there's six people playing, only two people know what's actually going on. And they, we've, if you don't know who the roles are, and then you don't, all you know is what, laws passed at the end what card is played you find out was it fascist or was it liberal but people can say whatever they want they can say oh i got two liberal cards so i had to play liberal or i got two fascist cards so i had to lie. play fascist. they can just lie exactly so the game it just thrives off of deceit so basically you need to be a good manipulator and you need to be good at creating a strategy around lying to others about what you are or convincing them about what you are and right in the beginning everyone's sort of like still trusting each other like well let's say everyone still believes like each other and tries to find out who is actually the black sheep but then after a while it kind of turns a bit crazy like everyone distrusts each other and like right. points the finger at each other like Oh, I know Chris has blinked when he has like played <laughs> right. his, these two cards. He was lying, definitely, yeah. right? Yeah, it's actually yeah. similar to poker in that way. You're trying to figure out <laughs> what people have based on their reactions, how they talk, and it's fun. I really like it. It's like a social puzzle kind of game. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you say the main core drives are in this game? And if you don't know what core drives are, they are based on the Octalysis framework of the eight core drives of human motivation. Mm. We use this to look deeper into game experiences to find out why people play them. Yeah, so I think there are two really main, main ones, but then there's a lot, actually maybe three main ones, yeah. which is core drive three, empowerment mm. of creativity and feedback. Mm -hmm. So you try to build a strategy around how to convince others or how to bring your own team to winning the game. Then you have quarter five, social um, influence and relatedness. Yeah, absolutely. Which is basically because it's a, it's a cooperative game, but also it's against each other. 
Um, so it's it's a lot of learning about the other player and influencing the other player, obviously. Yeah. Um, relating to them and see like, ah, oh, is there like common grounds there? Are you in the same team? Are you not? Like, right. can I trust you? Can I not? So it's a lot about reading people. And um, then quarter of seven, I think, as well, yeah. Um, yeah. on predictability and curiosity, which is basically you never know what's going to happen next, what the next turn of somebody is going to be, right. and why they're going to do this, what they're going to do. You need to try, and try to find out. And also you always pick up the cards. You don't know what cards are going to come next. Right. So I think those are the three main ones. And it's interesting because they're all – on yeah. the intrinsic side of motivation. Yeah, they're all intrinsic. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, wow, that's like the intrinsic trifecta. It's mm-hmm. uh and and we we know that uh that intrinsic core drives tend to drive long-term user engagement in exactly. in a game. Which makes sense. I mean, Secret Hitler is a pretty fun game and it seems like very replayable. It seems like you can play it for a long time and yeah. not, you know getting bored of it because it's always different it's never repetitive and i think that's also why a game like mafia Mm -hmm. is like it's so popular over generations and over countries like i'm now here in south korea and people play mafia too like and in in switzerland (laughs) they play mafia too you play mafia in the u.s like it's sort of like a really global phenomenon and I think Secret Hitler just like it's like a very similar, um, yeah, very similar game as well. Yeah, it's a different storyline. It's in, yeah, exactly. It's got a different storyline. It's got and it's got sli- it's got slightly more game elements. But that's interesting. You say that this is like such a commonly commonly understood genre. Like even people who don't really play games that much are probably familiar with mafia yeah. or party games like like that games of deceit in a group setting. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I don't know what that says about human nature. Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, so so that that's that's a really fascinating concept that what what I wanted to bring up is uh something I noticed about the game and and it adds uh, more black hat, it adds more tension as the game continues. So as I mentioned, if you can visualize there's the center game board and as one group either the fascists or the liberals passes laws they get more power basically to enact more uh different it's actually usually just the fascists so the fascist gets more power like they have initially the ability to see who somebody is like the president whoever is currently the president can look at someone one time and see what their role is um Mm -hmm. that's really powerful and then that's more that that core drive three you were talking about the empowerment and creativity and feedback using strategy to figure out oh if i know this person's a fascist then then i know that person must be a liberal and that sort of thing um and it gives you the ability to kill players eventually and so so the game does this really interesting cool thing where as the game continues it ramps up the tension and the stakes the stakes get higher one side gets more powerful and it gets more likely that they're going to win and that's really cool and that's based on just a simple progression so so basically a minor core drive in this case would probably be core drive two development and accomplishment, seeing that progression going forward. It's like the accomplishment of bad. <laughs> There's something you want to avoid basically. 
um, and the increase of the core of the um, black hat core drives, like core drive eight, loss and avoidance. Like we don't want to get killed, right? So I thought that was really cool. And, and it gives an emotional arc to the game that, that, that keeps the engagement, sustains it over the the long haul. It totally changes the dynamics of the game actually during the process. And I remember when we played it, the fascists were really high up. Like they were almost like finished um, Mm -hmm. with the progression yeah. And we were kind of scary, like, oh, my God, like, how they're, they're, they're going to win. Oh, my God. And the fastest knew they're going to win. Right. So they just basically felt really confident in killing somebody that already knows <laughs> that they are the fascists. It right. was really obvious, right, that, like, um, Vicky, our colleague, she yeah. killed me because yeah. I was pretty sure that Vicky was a fascist, <laughs> actually, in the end. Yeah. And, um, but she didn't care anymore. She was just like, well, I don't care if they know. I'm still going to win. Right. So <laughs> it changes the dynamic of the, of the game. Quite yeah. A bit. So as they get more power, the, chat, the strategy changes is what mm-hmm. I'm hearing from you. Yeah. So they can be more, um, they, they have to be less deceitful. They can just be like, no, I'm just going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. I don't, have to, I don't have to pretend I'm not a fascist. We're about to win. Yeah. Did the fascists win in that game? Yeah, they did. They did. Was it because Hitler got elected, or or did was there any other win state for the game or, or win condition? I think they were finished with the whole progression, right? Oh, is it just that you finish the progression and it's, it's done? As soon as they finish the progression, it ends. Done. I okay. can't remember. I think it was done. No worries. Yeah, so uh, highly recommended C- Secret Hitler. Very fun game. Very fun if you want to not like your friends. Oh, yeah. And by the way, we played online. So it's a yeah. board game, but we actually played online. Yeah. And um, that makes it really cool if you're like in different places of the world. You can play it with anyone, everywhere. Um, it's sometimes a little bit laggy if you're a really big team so check your internet connection but otherwise it's really yeah. fun we played using uh, the tabletopia was the app oh yeah tabletopia.com right yeah yeah so that was really cool but what was interesting is that it was great that we were able to all come together we're an international company we're in like whatever 10 not 10 different time zones but it feels like that sometimes 10 um, different countries 10 different <laughs> countries um but when you play online, you can kind of hide your motives a little easier. Mm. So when you're in person, it's a little bit easier to read somebody. I imagine this is why the world championship of poker isn't, uh, isn't online, like over a Zoom, <laughs> Zoom call, because people yeah. need to be able to read each other. Yeah. So uh, we're going to move on to the next segment, which is... Woohoo! <laughs> segment <laughs> over. All right. All right. Um, so, so in our line of work, we essentially take the motivation that we find in the most popular games and we apply it to businesses. So in this next segment called Gamify This, we're going to choose a random business and business metric. And then we're going to brainstorm uh, solutions based on this core drive. So it's, it's going to go like this. Essentially, it'll be like if a client came to us and said, man, I really love... Uh, secret Hitler, 
that's like my, I, it's so motivating and I love it. And I just really want, I really want my business to be, you know, how can we make it as engaging as secret Hitler? To run like secret Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I waited for you to say this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So first, so first of all, you ask them like, are you secretly a Nazi or, um, anyway, we can leave that discussion for another time. <laughs> So uh, let's pull the random business out of a hat. Drum roll. Um, okay, travel and tourism is the industry. Yay. Yeah. I like yeah. to travel. Yeah, you love to travel. You're in Korea right now, right? Yes, I'm yeah. in Busan. Busan. Yeah. Great um, city. Okay, and uh, industry is not enough. If someone just said, hey, make my industry... Uh, make a good thing in my industry. That's not enough information. So we're going to uh, do also a random business metric, i.e. the most important business objective. So we'll pull the one out of the hat. Drum roll. Drum, it, drum, is, drum. it is. <laughs> it is monthly active users. Yay. Okay. So, so we have monthly active users in the travel and tourism. Yes. Yeah. So, so monthly active users, interesting business metric. What we already know about that is that this is some kind of business that doesn't want their users coming back, doesn't want to um, optimize for users coming back daily or monthly, which means they're probably focused on some kind of um, expensive or, or like high value service or product that they are selling and they want people to come back once a month and those users can't afford to come back you know, once a week or, or once, so, a, once a day. So it could be like touring, like tours mm -hmm. that you can do in your area maybe because going on holiday monthly is still quite a lot of right. interaction. Unless it's for I ultra rich it, people. It could be day, like monthly active users based on coming back to the website in, in a monthly basis as well. Right. But let's just stick to that. You going to do like a tour in your local area once okay. a month. We'll do local tours. Okay, so I love local tours. I think they're a lot of fun. What, what did you do lately? What have I done lately? I actually did a, um, I was on the island of Kauai. I did a chocolate tour. A chocolate tour? Yeah, we toured that's a chocolate cool. farm and like ate a bunch of different kinds of chocolate. It was really good. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, 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 exactly. That was probably the opposite of like a, a game of deceit and guessing. <laughs> We're like sitting around in a group and like really enjoying an experience um, together. Actually, I did a food thing, a food tour too. Yeah. Um, I, I learned how to make my own tofu and they oh, would wow. go like through a traditional market with us get all the ingredients and then we we did some john which is like pancake out mm -hmm. of the the rest of the tofu basically and the and then made the tofu yeah wow that's really cool did you made your own tofu or you just watched yeah, it happen that's, nice that's what you do yeah nice did you, keep, did you get to keep it yeah, it was a lot. It, I actually had tofu for the rest of the next two weeks. So. <laughs> nice. So we really, yeah, but what wouldn't go well is a tofu and chocolate tour, I think. That would not be... Mm, yeah, <laughs> maybe mm, not. Tofu. I guess. I mean, I'm Swiss. I'd put chocolate on everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, we're getting a little off track. So, so <laughs> we know that the main, so, so the key, something to note is that if someone actually came to us and, and said this a very unlikely request, what we would not do is take the game mechanics from Secret Hitler and apply them directly to their business. So we would not say, okay, great. So you're gonna have two different user types. One person are gonna be the evil people and one people are gonna be uh, non-evil. And then no, none of the user types are gonna know who they are. They're gonna have to figure out who they are in order to go on this tour. Or, or it's like a tour where that's happening, right? Like you're playing like a, a game where you don't know who's on what side. It might make for an interesting <laughs> tour, but I don't know if it would benefit the business directly that's like setting up yeah. these tours. So probably uh, not. <laughs> so what we would do is instead talk why we talked about the core drives is we would take each core drive and think about how they could be applied to this business specifically. Exactly. So the first one we talked about is core drive three, which always is the hardest one to design for. So we're going to leave mm -hmm. that one alone for now. Um, <laughs> and the other one, too, are Core Drive 5 and Core Drive 7. So 5 is social influence and relatedness, and 7 is the unpredictability and curiosity. So unpredictability and curiosity is a common, is a common core drive when it comes especially to uh, daily active users. That's something when you come back and, like, spin a wheel. But when it comes to monthly active users, Core Drive 7 has to have – there has to be, like, a lot of value to come back. Right. So maybe there's something like they can win something, a free tour if they come back once a month and do something. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. also something that is important with Core X7 is yeah. that the tours are changing based on maybe seasonal um, mm -hmm. offers. Mm -hmm. So you don't always have the same yeah. the same offers all around the year. Yeah. So maybe you have like a sunset tour in summer right. or you have a tour that goes to like a forest because the, the flowers are blooming in the yeah. spring or you have a tour that goes to yeah. um, eat yeah. a special food yeah. while it's just in season, right. um, winter Christmas tour, etc. So you have things that make you curious about like, oh, there's something new that's happening. So it brings you back to the experience. If it's always the same offers, yeah. you maybe pick like one or two that you like, and yeah. then you don't come back, right? Because you've already done it. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So, so there would need to be a variety of tours offered by this place, or at least um, a large enough pool that if there was repetition, it, was, it didn't feel like repetition to someone who was coming back monthly. So yeah, that's, that's reasonable. That's 12 different tours. Uh, something, something we should also talk about is desired actions. So the desired action is for the user is to, is to come back once a month and do what? Are they buying a tour? Is that the main desired action? Yeah. Okay, great. So, so yeah, so having a surprise tour happen every month and they have to come back to find out what it is, that's a good reason to come back. That's a good core drive. Seven. How could we integrate Core Drive Five into this? I actually had a, an interest, some interesting ideas. Um, one of them is that you could uh, potentially unlock discounts or on pre on other tours if you were to get a group of friends together and go on one of these tours. Or maybe you can't even like a tour doesn't actually happen unless you get enough people interested. 
So there's like a secret tour doesn't get revealed until you actually get enough people joining the tour. Actually, there are certain tours on Airbnb that do that. Like it says really? like a minimum of people are required to that tour. Yeah. So if you're seeing like, oh, there's just three people now on this tour, but yeah. actually five are required. Yeah. You're going to try to find some friends that join you because you want to have, <laughs> have it happening, right? Yeah. So sometimes that always doesn't always work because you're in a different country and you maybe don't know people. Mm-hmm. So then it doesn't work. But if it, if it's in your country or if you have made local friends already, then mm-hmm. you're going to want to do that together. Well, if there was a social component, if it was like a meetup tour website, this website, you know, is kind of amorphous, right? It depends. And we would brainstorm all these different ideas and come back and then we would we would narrow them down based on, you know, which ones were uh, the most likely to drive the desired actions. Uh, but if there was a more social component, then there could be similar to like meetup, you could have a profile and you could yeah. go on and you could find out people with similar interests and then mm, you could put together to tours with them. And then you could get discounts based on this group of people who already have totally. expressed interests in what you like to do. Yeah. And you can send it to the right people. And then if they join, you get the discount. Um, yeah. And you can even say like you both get the discount because then... It's yeah. more interesting for the person joining and not just the person that yeah. will participate yeah. uh, as the first person. Um, so that could work too. So these are, these are some, some fairly common ways in which some uh, businesses try to incentivize their users. They're like, invite a friend and you get a discount or invite somebody. Um, one way, so, so Core Drive 3 in some ways is like the, the best Core Drive for determining long-term engagement. And so this is something where you could potentially um, have tours that, that, you know, users collected the opportunity to take tours and maybe some of those tours, like they could buy them in packages. And one of them is like a mystery tour. They don't know what to, what the tour is. And the other two tours are ones that they want to do. And this would, this would only work if the tours were not too expensive Right. If it was like a night out, you know, learning how to make cocktails or something that's like 20 bucks or something like that. But imagine if there was a mystery one and you don't know what that mystery one is until you take another one. And so then there would be some strategy around both the discounting of the tours by getting your friends involved and also what sequence in which you sort of, um, you you used your cards so to speak i'm calling them cards could, but no it could almost be like a collection set so that would be more yeah. quarter f4 but also yeah. which yeah. is ownership and possession so like um you want more and more of something yeah um, you collect something like pokemon for example right. but um in a context of building a strategy around which which tours you right. want to take yeah um, to build the best collection set in the end and yeah. get a reward for it yeah and that could be combined with uh core drive two which is again not what we talked about but it, but all the core drives are helpful in motivating desired action so so you could as you take more tours you level up quote unquote in status on the platform which gives you access to more powers maybe a better discounts you're able to invite more people or give them better discounts when you invite them Mm-hmm. potentially maybe start your own tours. 
Yeah, I was thinking of that actually. That could build quite a lot of quarter three empowerment and creativity and feedback. Yeah. If if you're in what we call the end game, so yeah. when you're like an advanced player, yeah, that you can actually build your own tours. Yeah. And um, or maybe build tours with your friends or people you met on the platform together. Right. Um, yeah. That sounds that sounds really cool. That would be a lot of creativity and also. Um, you know, a potentially a good side business for people and that they could get into once they were actually into the whole, the whole tour concept. Totally. And they could potentially submit tours as well um, or, or submit requests for tours as well. They could um, maybe people could get like a discount if they go to a local company and say, Hey, come to this platform and offer tours in the way that you know this platform wants and then that person could get a discount or they could get some special status or something like that it's funny because what we're talking about is actually more weekly or monthly or daily active use because this is a lot of like activity yeah there is a lot of activity Mm -hmm. so actually oh what were you saying i think even with those you say like you get um sort of status yeah you can even get like certain status symbols that you maybe you can even use it yeah. in your area that you're living in yeah um, certain discounts or certain like maybe you get like free coffee or something right. like that it becomes um, like a membership yeah and that depends a little bit again um on how the business is running and what are they able to give yeah. out as rewards. So every time we talk to a client, we obviously make sure like, okay, this is, these are the rewards that yeah. they are able to give out. And based on that, we built the system around it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so uh, what we were, we were talking about the monthly active users. So the client says it must be monthly active users. So monthly active users doesn't mean that you're not also paying attention to weekly or daily active use. Uh, It doesn't mean people are coming back only once a month to take the desired action. In fact, for the most part, there are mostly not that many, like if you go on meetup.com and someone says we meet every month, like it's hard to keep a community coming back and meeting just once a month. People have lives, stuff gets in the way. So actually, if a client were to say that, I might suggest to them, maybe think about weekly active users because then they'll be more engaged overall. And uh, then we would probably structure the tours differently because, you know, a weekly tour, so to speak, or a weekly something, something that you're doing would probably want to be cheaper. Um, something more like a Groupon as opposed to a... Mm, um, maybe also shorter tours. Like instead of like a full day tour, it's more like a one or two hour right. experience. Yeah. Yeah. And they could potentially get better, like level up to better tours, access to better. Mm-hmm. Tours. Maybe you don't even can't even access the better mm-hmm. tours until later. So yeah, that would be more quarter of six, right? Scott, <laughs> and That's right. Yes. So, Adding some black hat, some urgency. We'd have to be careful about applying that. Yeah. You can't access it. Um, so people want to get in there. It's like VIP, right? Right. You, you see it you're like oh my god i want to get in there like yeah oh i can't have it can't have it 
Yeah, I can't go to this ultra exclusive meetup. I mean, I guess you could probably cra- crash it. You could try to figure out where it is and be like, oh yeah. I'm... But it would, yeah, it'd be be quarter of three, right? Empowerment of criticism. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> game Find a strategy to get in. Yeah. <laughs> that could well, even be like part of the game. Like you can actually include this. Like that people can cheat to get in there if they're right. clever. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get around the system and. Yeah, I like I like that that there could be oh man this is that so so it's something that I like that you brought that up is that a lot of times people say what if people cheat the system well it's actually okay because in a lot of ways if you design the system that allows for cheaters it means a cheater's very engaged a cheater is is working really hard to try to go around the rules of your system and of course if you were to talk to a business who was offering a tour, of course they would want more people taking their tour. So even if they weren't quote unquote leveled up high enough to, to take the tour, I'm sure that business wouldn't turn away uh, more people. So in the end, that's, that's what they want. Totally. Totally. <laughs> so this is just a sample of what we do in the work we, that we do at the Octalysis group. And yeah. we have many more steps. There are many more steps in our process. Yeah. So usually we have five, a five-step process, right, that we go through with every client. Um, and we always, always, always design something that is customized. So it's not like off the shelf, like, hey, pick and choose your game techniques and like, you know, imply that to every business. No, it's really understanding your business and understanding what are the main factors that we need to consider to make it successful for you as a business and to improve your ROI? Yeah, absolutely. So, so just the five steps process is we define a strategy dashboard, which is overall uh, things like business metrics. We didn't even talk about player types here. What, what are the people who are coming to this travel platform? Are they specific type of the specific demographics, specific psychographic? What are their habits? What other things do they do in their lives? So we would define that. We would define not just the one desired action of buying um, a tour, but every desired action in their entire user journey. And then as part of that, we would also define what we call feedback mechanics and triggers and things that cause them to take the desired action, as well as rewards like you brought up earlier. What, why do they take the desired action? What did they get? Both the emotional and physical rewards, digital rewards. Um, and that's just the first step. So that's what we do. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Random oh. Rewards. So sad. I don't want it to end. I know. I'm feeling that Core Drive 6. That's for the people who know what Core Drive 6 is. Oh, I'm feeling <laughs> Core Drive 8 too. <laughs> Sabrina, where can we find you on the on the internet? On the internet, on Twitter, you can find me at uppercase user underline uppercase adventure. <laughs> oh, awesome. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of like a long name. I've tried to fix it, but I can't change it. Yeah. If you um, want her to change it, go to her Twitter. That's like a catch-22 situation. <laughs> <laughs> and where can, where can we find you, Chris? Uh, you can find me at Chris underscore Tomaso, T-O-M-A-S-S-O, um, on Twitter. We also have an email address, uh, uh, randomrewards at octalysisgroup.com. You can find that in the show notes. Uh, contact us. If you would like to create uh, a travel 
uh, app or any kind of app. We work with every kind of industry and mm -hmm. we are happy to talk about your specific needs. Uh, if you'd like to join the community, check out what, where can the community, where can you find us? In? They can go to Facebook page of Octasis Explorers and another place where they can also find our case studies, which is probably interesting for the people who are in businesses. They yeah. can go to octalysisgroup.com and find a few of our business cases. Great, great. Yeah, that's uh, a good place to check out, not just that, but also much more literature on the Octalysis framework. It's very mm -hmm. deep, very robust. It's, um, you know, you, there's hundreds of articles, I would say, a book, all kinds We're of stuff. We're trying to write a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we write a lot. So until our next rewarding time together, I'm Chris. Sabrina signing off. <laughs> See y'all later. Bye. Until next rewarding time together. Game yeah. over. Game bye over. Bye. Game over, but just for now. Just for now. Not forever. <laughs>